The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Michigan will win tonight because of one factor you dub cannot change. Chuck Oliver Show. I say on a Monday, on the Monday. I guess it's the Monday. We get a national champion tonight. And I say the Monday because, I mean, this is why ultimately the opt-out game, I mean, I understand the finances involved. I do. It's beyond dispute. But I've always said the only fun part about football is playing the games. There was a linebacker, and I'm not, I mean, he did it, so I'm not going to call the kid out, you know, criticism or anything. I'm just saying I didn't understand. And everybody's got an individual case. There was a four-star linebacker, high four-star, kid out of Buford who went, out of Buford, Georgia, who went to Clemson. And as I recall, it was about five, six years ago, red-shirted. He's up there as a freshman, red-shirted. And then... All off season, he ran, he lifted, ate right, August practice. I think it was the Tuesday before the opener. Everybody's personal details are different. You have no idea how many layers to the onion there are with somebody's personal life. I think it was the Monday or Tuesday before the opener. After all of that, he's like, nah, football, not for me. Um, I just have, and I was like, you did everything that wasn't fun. Like, literally, he did as much prep work as possible. Took a full red shirt and then up to, like, the week, week and a half before the opener. Did all of that. Then right before finally the one, the only real fun part of football starts, he's like, "Yeah, I don't think I like football anymore. Or I have a family situation or I got no choice or I hate the coach or book learning's not for me. Everybody's got a story, all right? And so he had one. I was like... If you drop it just in the fishbowl of football, man, that is tough because you did everything that sucks. But then you got to play games. You know, it was right there in front of you. You didn't do it. Well, we get a game tonight. That's why you do all of this other stuff as you get, eventually you have funneled down to just two teams and they take the field tonight. And it should be a pretty fair representation of each team's best or most able or whatever. When I say I haven't understood the opt-out game, the, like I said, beyond dispute, um, the finances and the the reasoning of it, sure, we all get that, but you're you're backing out of, like, the one fun part with everything else that happened. Now it's time to get paid, and that's pretty fun, too. But you, you just you lost that last opportunity. So, so that's the big picture about why I would say, you know, like, this is the Monday because we actually get a game tonight. I think the other time of the year that I'll say, it's the Monday, might be Monday. And these are all not even like 1A. They're just kind of 
they're off to the side a little bit altogether, all equal in their off to the side status. It's the Monday. Welcome to Chuck Oliver Show. And we're in Dallas at SEC Media Days. Isn't that where? Yes, it is. Uh, Dallas next year. It's the Monday. The unofficial start. And so we all say that. And so and it's real. <clears throat> so the Monday uh, practice has started. That's a little different because of week zero. The Monday. Okay, it's game week. And media days and game week are the other two. Nah, we got a game tonight, and it's for all the marbles. It's for the big, ugly trophy, I hope, for the last time. When we went from a two-team playoff to a four-team playoff, we went from the perfect trophy, which was crystal football, to that black and gold monstrosity. I don't know. I, Heath, am I correct about either of those in your – like the crystal football was the perfect trophy in all of sports and the black and gold thing is just ugly am i right yeah it, it's a lipstick case is what it is if you look at it it's just a, a lipstick case with a, a slightly elongated uh, face for the lipstick it, and yes compared to the uh, crystal football it's nowhere near as good and it was a crystal football setting aside what that recruit in tuscaloosa did that day um he bumped into it and knocked it off the pedestal and smashed it into 100 million pieces. Um, Waterford sent him a new one. So Saban was like, all right, you got a FedEx package. Hey, it's a crystal football. It's just, it's a crystal football. So we went from that to that. I hope when we go from the 4 to the 12 that we go back to the actual good trophy. Um and we will see that debut next year. As far as tonight, as far as the send-off to the four-team era, I said Michigan will win tonight because one factor UW cannot change. If you want to look up and down across the two deeps, if you well, Michigan, you'll have to find a projected one because Harbaugh still does not issue it. But the starting lineups, um, the depth charts that, are provided the rosters, the recruiting, the strength and conditioning, everything else. Michigan is in the Big Ten, despite what we all looked at their schedule and said, your schedule sucks. Um, They are in the Big Ten, folks. And if there is one thing that you can do when you live in a Big Ten locale athletically year-round, you can turn the space heater on and you can lift. So... That kind of ties into a Big Ten mentality in a lot of cases. Is it an overgeneralization, the black cleats and the offensive linemen in need of a vowel? Yeah, that's probably an overgeneralization. Is it kind of on target? Yeah, it's kind of on target. And Michigan will win tonight because their approach each week this season has been a lot like it was versus Alabama last week. Make the game about what we do well. Now, every team to a degree, I mean, that's your goal. Every team to a degree, you figure out, all right, based on the opponent, how much can we do this? And then what is the counter move? It's just a point, counter point, and you do that, and that's football, and that's the part I love. What do we do when this move is made? And then we'll, you know, it's awesome. But you always, it's a compromise. And it's a meet me where, you know, a little halfway. 
and take what we can, and then we will have to adjust a little bit. And then this thing we've been practicing since April, all right, we'll bust it out this week, and we'll run the Wildcat against Bill Belichick, and it'll work. And then I'll get hired at Nebraska, uh, at Arkansas. Like, that's how you unveil things on offense sometimes. It can't – you know what the Wildcat – you know you know who was about the Wildcat pre – wasn't it David Lee down at Miami? Nobody was. And so when he unveiled it, it was an adjustment to we can't be what we're about. So he fa- – now, see, here's the thing. That was one adjustment, not what we do, but it was an adjustment off of that to counter the opponent – from like, I don't know, 19 years ago, 18 years ago. And I can give you like two more. Most times it's a lot more subtle and nuanced and less noticeable and less successful. And it is rare that a team can come out on an individual Saturday, especially with non-conference late in college, you can make a game 100% about what we do well. You play Bucknell or, I don't know, Houston Baptist. or You got a a chance to make the game about what you do well. Not every Saturday and not when you get in conference and not when you get to the final six weeks of the season and not when your last six games, the worst team, and I mean by far, is eight-win Maryland and it's on the road. Against that schedule, once you get in conference, deep into the season, injuries for further down, I don't know, the head coach is suspended. When all of this gumbo of reality hit Michigan, they actually started making the game more about what they do well, which in the case of Big Blue, it's, We're going to be huge and strong, and it's 1993, and we're going to mash you all day. And brother, did they. The Wolverines have been able to do that, be big and huge, and lean on you and push you every single week, even against teams that thought they wanted to play that way as well, like Alabama or Iowa. So tonight against UW, to me, that's it. I think Jesse Minner, and I mentioned this maybe Thursday. Jesse Minner, he watched that Alabama tape, and then he watched it again. And he, when I say that Alabama tape, I mean from any game all year, seemingly. And Jesse Minner decided, you know what? We're going to make this game about what we are, which is big and huge and strong on the defensive line. And we're going to overpower, especially the interior of that, and we're going to give them fits. And we're going to blow up that right tackle from time to time. And we're going to make the left tackle look like a freshman at times as well. We're going to do all of this because I see it on tape almost every week to a very noticeable degree. We're going to make it what the entire game was about. And then offensively, you know what they decided they could do as well? Blake Corm, et cetera. J.J. McCarthy on a play. Boy, did he pull that one out on one real big run. They decided, you know what we are in offense? It's big and huge and strong, and we're going to lean on you, and you can't stop this, and over four quarters, we wear you down. And the Wolverines did that almost every single week, even against Ohio State, even at Penn State, and I think tonight against Washington. If you look at the Huskies too deep, because they provide one, 
Um, they're a little less than huge in the middle of the offensive line. They got a freshman, a redshirt freshman. He's 19. They got a redshirt freshman center is 275 pounds. That's not exactly what he's going to be staring. Now, big is just big and athletic and beat you to the spot. And if you want somebody more nimble, maybe center is certainly it, not guard or left tackle. 275-pound left tackle, I'm caving your line in at that point. The center, I promise you that's what what Michigan is going to be trying to do as well, and they did it last week. Mason Graham, my goodness. You know what he is? Big and huge and strong, and it's 30 years ago, and here we are. Can uh, Washington get the win tonight? Absolutely. I think it's only a five or a six-point line right now. Hey, what's the spread on this? I believe it's uh, around four and a half. Okay, four and a half. There you go. Yeah, so four and a half. Um, can can Washington win? It's offensive to even state it that way. It is offensive to even say, can they win? Hush. Of course they can win. They they might. If I was going to play you, Dub, he said four and a half. I'm going to look at what the payback on the money line is if it's, quote, just four and a half. So, of course, the Huskies can win. They're not going to. Plus That's 170, be, by the way, on the Huskies in uh, minus nice 206 if you want to go with the Wolverines there. But, yeah, four and a half, 56 is your total, minus 206 for the Wolverines, plus 170. Yeah, good take back. And so I don't think that's going to happen, and it's going to be because of exactly what we talked about here. Now, if Washington wins, here is the great disparity between the number four and a half and how it happens. This has to be Michael Vick versus Florida State, except for 60 minutes, not just like, I don't know, 49. I think Florida, I think Florida State was looking up in the third quarter. I think it was there was like a 30 to 29 or a 29 to 28 moment. So they can win if Michael Penix goes out there and goes one man gang. Um, but that is absolutely what it takes. I think Michigan will say, no, this is going to be about a line of scrimmage thing, and we're going to be national champs. All right, we're going to take a break. Jump into it next. It's always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Monday on the Chuck Oliver Show, and path to improvement. Schedule is absolutely a factor, but that's a year-to-year thing that you can only control so much of. Uh, Either get better coaching or better players. College Station, Aggie, believes that they've got both of those now. I want to welcome on from Gigum 247. It is Jeff Tarfley. Jeff, welcome back. How are you on this Monday? Doing great, guys. How are you all doing? Doing well. Appreciate you making some time today. Uh, the coaching part, they believe they've uh, checked the box with bringing Mike Elko back. Uh, let's talk about, well, let's get some better players then. You wouldn't think, given the recruiting rankings and resources and everything else, that it would be, quote, a better player scenario, but at least grown man sort of players and transfers. Talk about what's going on with the portal and Texas A&M. Well, a- a- A&M has needed guys and they've had attrition at certain positions uh the last couple of years particularly wide receiver and cornerback uh they actually brought in three players through the portal last year at cornerback none of them really made the impact that a&m wanted them to uh and 
you know, some of those guys have already moved on out of the program. They, they, they also lost both of their starters to the portal from 2023. So there's, for the second year in a row, there's this gaping hole at corner. Uh, they were down to three scholarship receivers in the bowl game due to injuries and attrition. So they've hit the portal particularly hard at, at those two spots. And I, I made this point last year when A&M was not nearly as active in the portal. Uh, people were very upset about that because they'd witnessed what you know teams like TCU and, and LSU had done after the 2021 uh, season with coaching changes. They, they hit the portal hard in 2022, and they wound up having very, very good seasons. But those are teams were also had a lot of people transfer out. And it wasn't just that they were trying to upgrade their quality. They were just trying to match what they were losing. And that when you when you look at teams that do hit the portal hard, they usually lost quite a few players. And what they try to do is they try to get multiple players at to positions where they've lost even just one player. They bring in multiple guys to compete for, let's say, one starting job. A&M has used that same philosophy so far under Elko. Uh, they've gone after a lot of corners, a lot of wide-out type players. Uh, they've, they've also lost some defensive linemen. That's uh, kind of less known. They had some guys leave for the draft, and they had some guys leave for the portal. Uh, and so they also have gone out and gotten uh, Nick Scowerton, who's a probably one of the more highly sought after, more highly thought of edge rushers in the portal. Uh, they needed to replace Fidel Diggs, uh, who, uh, who left for Syracuse in that regard. So A&M's really doing with a lot of other people they're doing now what they couldn't really do last year because they just didn't have the starting spot to sell this year they've got the starting spot to sell and so they're able to do a lot more in the portal uh give me a quick word what is the idea for scooby williams kid transferring over from uf because he's and it's just verbiage and so he's listed as defensive lineman i'm like okay uh is he gonna be a three-point guy uh, he, he actually spent. He's actually a, more of a linebacker. Uh, okay, that's what I was thinking. I, I saw him with this yeah, lineman. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. I think twenty four seven originally evaluated. I was writing him up just as as you guys called twenty four seven originally value evaluated him kind of as an edge, a guy who could come, you know, line up outside of a tackle and really uh-huh. play with some bend and, and make an impact as a pass rusher. But he was used by the Gators as a backer. And speaking of losses, A&M lost uh, Edron Cooper to the NFL. Uh, and also their third linebacker last year was a guy named Chris Russell. He's out of eligibility. So A&M needed to load up at linebacker as well. They've gotten a cut. They've gotten uh, Williams now to play that role. And, again, if you want to use him as an edge, that's great. That's a bonus. But they've uh, pulled in him as well as a guy named Alex Howard out of Youngstown State. So, again, it goes back to you have these openings, you've got to fill them, and it's and you can sell them. And so A&M's been able to do that so far, and they've been able to do it very well. Uh, wrapping up, again, Jeff Tarpley, 247. Um, quick word on Trooper Taylor, because I saw Wes McGriff on the defensive side and Trooper Taylor. I always look at defensive backs coach and running backs coach and wide receivers, some of the most positions. Talk about the recruiting prowess specifically of Trooper Taylor, because he's kind of back in the big-time game now um, after getting back in with Duke. 
you know, both those guys, I actually ran into Coach McGriff a million years ago uh, when there was a guy named Rashetti Jones who played at uh, Woodrow Wilson in Dallas, or wait, excuse me, Dallas Lincoln. And it hasn't been 20 years ago. And, and he's, McGriff is just a really high energy kind of guy. I mean, he just doesn't stop talking. Very entertaining to spend time with down on the sidelines. Uh, Trooper Taylor's a guy who has spent time in the, in the Southwest at TCU, he spent time in the Southeast. McGriff has kind of done the same thing. He was at Baylor when I ran into him. He's also been at places like Ole Miss and Auburn. So you're getting guys down at A&M now who don't just know the state of Texas. They know the Southeast as a whole. And one thing that criticized Jimbo Fisher, however much you want to, Fisher brought – you know, one thing that Fisher did for A&M was – he expanded A&M's footprint into other states via the ties he had in Florida, but also in other places like Mississippi and Alabama. And he was, and he brought in the staff that was able to do the same thing. And now with guys like Taylor and McGriff, you're seeing a and He's actually bringing in guys, I think, with a little more familiarity with Texas and what, what you had on um, Fisher's staff that departed. But also you're maintaining – that ability to recruit the rest of the Southeast. And you've got to be able to do that if you're an SEC school, just because of the talent pipeline that's available to you in this part of the country. Boy, can those two guys get some signatures. Jeff Tarpley, appreciate your input, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. 247 Tarp. That's him on Twitter. And, of course, uh, Gigum 247 covering all Texas A&M athletics. But comes to Cruton college football this time of year and portal announcements and commitments is what's being announced right now is uh, i am committed from the portal coming so uh it's what jeff said trying to load up at certain positions where suddenly you look up in a place like texas a&m where it was evan stewart and moose's kid and like i don't know big who was it noah thomas the big six six kid who showed out in the spring you looked around it's like oh too bad they only have one football mm, yeah they had three receivers that's what they had so opt-outs, injuries, I'm going to the NFL, whatever it is, transfers. Um, it was a suddenly thin cupboard, and that's one of the positions that they certainly have addressed. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Rolling through Monday, Chuck Oliver Show, and I'm sitting behind a microphone, and tonight I'll be like virtually everybody else. 
listening right now, um, let me turn on TV and from, I believe, Section HD, uh, you'll be watching the national championship game. Man on the other end of the line, he's got an option. He's in the city that is a host this year, and boy, do we welcome him back. Open arms from Sports Talk 790 Yonder in Houston. It's Dan Matthews. Dan, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, buddy? It's great to uh, talk with you again. I mean, it's weird to be on this end of uh, things. Hopefully, uh, Heath hasn't upstaged me already, and I've been Wally Pipped. No, uh, I mean, I'm expecting you to, like, throw to, you know, a Paul Johnson interview or a Dabo Swinney interview or something, But because um, that's usually when we get you on the phone, you would be driving either to or from a- ACC Media Days. Uh, but you uh, went back home, Sports Talk 790, big giant thing out there in Houston, um, and you're hosting the national championship tonight. Uh, as we know, it's Washington. It's not Texas in the game. What's the vibe around the city? Is it? hey, there's a big game, or hey, there's this super big event beyond even sports. I asked you last week about Texas not being in the game. Is there anything lost? What is the vibe? Uh, I would say, hey, there is a big game next Saturday at 3.30 local time against the Cleveland Browns. Um, That's where I think locally most of the attention is on right now, especially the fact that C.J. Stroud has completely captured the city because for the first time ever, uh, the organization has a true franchise quarterback and also a head coach that doesn't alienate the fan base and uh, also uh, somebody masquerading as a general manager who has zero qualifications to be in that said spot and was a polarizing uh, person within the organization. So I think you mix all that in with two programs who are not anywhere close to the footprint around here because if Texas were in it, then it wouldn't have mattered between Michigan and Alabama who was on the other side. There would have been tons of buzz for Texas just because of all the alumni and fan base that is here in the area or within driving distance to get here. But once that was taken out, I mean, that would be like if uh, the national championship game were in Birmingham and Alabama or Auburn got knocked out or if uh, Georgia got knocked out with the championship game being in Atlanta for, I don't know, USC to replace them there. So it's not necessarily the committee's fault, but it's just uh, an unfortunate circumstance where otherwise I think the uh, host committee here in Houston all week has done a fantastic job showcasing the city. Dan Matthews, Sports Talk 790, right there, front lines in Houston for tonight's national championship game. Uh, We're talking Texas Longhorns because they were a playoff team and were just maybe one completed pass, maybe an A.D. Mitchell something away from being in the ballgame. Texas A&M, not really as close. Um, Give me your take because you grew up around Aggie. You grew up around uh, the the UT, I'll say, chest out sort of attitude. a&M, it was supposed to be a much bigger opportunity to take advantage of than they did being in the SEC, leaving Texas behind. Um, what's the vibe now that Texas is coming to the SEC, too? Well, I mean, you know, I think just because A&M has been so pedestrian, I don't think there is, you know, this heated rivalry just yet. Now, I do know when the schedules were were released, 
um, and uh, tickets were going on sale that students at A&M were already camped out because, remember, too, that was a huge Ross Bjork sticking point with them of, all right, fine, if you're going to add Texas, we get the first game. Like, that's non-negotiable. And the SEC said, all right, sure, you know, I guess everybody's kind of dancing on your toes now, so we'll we'll go ahead and, and uh, meet you halfway there. Um, but, I mean, for A&M, I would start first with just kind of like what I was just talking about with the NFL team here that, that we cover on a daily basis. Um, there's got to be some trust repaired because I think that Jimbo did a lot of harm in that way. I know that one of the first things that Mike Elko did when he got the job was he went to the Texas High School Coaches Association breakfast. Jimbo was notorious for blowing off those things and not taking part in those things. And I think that probably, now it wasn't the reason, Chuck, why he got whisked away, but it didn't help that he really didn't give himself any benefit of the doubt with the Texas high school coaches or um, the the Houston Touchdown Club or anybody else that he pretty much said, ah, no, I'm the football coach at A&M, I don't have time for you, uh, where you know as well as anybody in states like Texas, those things are important. And, um, you know, that's something that I think Mike Elko is trying to play catch up on. And I think the other part as well is, He's trying to really create a culture at A&M that was not there. So I think that the fan base is going to be, you know, at least a little bit more patient with him because he does seem like he's a guy that's going to go about it the right way. And that is, you know, you you meet with the coaches, you, you tip your hat to the high school coaches here in the state, uh, but also, too, I mean, you build up a program that has staying power, and it didn't really seem like that Jimbo had that. So I think that Aggie fans are more concerned about that first than they are about what's happening in Austin at the moment. We'll talk about uh, the Longhorns then because are they kind of smelling themselves or do they look around? Just as your pulse, because you're not a Texas fan, um, but is it, hey, we're going into the SEC. This is going to be a lot tougher than than what we've been doing. What's the feel? Well, I think that a huge bit of confidence was gained when they went to Tuscaloosa and played, a, uh, or excuse me, A&M, Alabama the way that they did. Um, you know, because remember, I think it was Jonathan Allen uh, afterwards on Twitter where it was a video of a couple of Texas players bullying an Alabama player to the ground. Yeah. And he was like, that, that's disheartening to see. Um, so I, I think that definitely helped. And, and I think that probably, um, you know, getting to the college football playoffs was a huge help as well. Um, you know, the, the number one thing that has been talked about all season long by Steve Sarkeesian is trying to create exactly what I said that Mike Elko is trying to create right now. And Texas showed that they're a physical football team, at least this year. Now, you know, you're not going to have Devondre Sweat. Um, you know, you're, you're not going to have uh, Jordan Whittington or Xavier Worthy or Jatavian Sanders. I mean, those are huge players. Uh, that you've got to try to replace. But uh, I think Jaden Blue showed some great things in the national championship game and uh, also to C.J. Baxter as well uh, in the running back group. So I would expect them to probably be pretty active for receiver help in the portal. Um, But uh, in terms of just the rest of the program, I mean, as I pointed out to somebody last week, the last three years they've recruited no no, no worse than 50. 
in the 24-7 recruiting rankings. And, um, you know, you also, too, I mean, you saw a team that uh, was able to prove they could win games either way this year, either with high-powered offense or with uh, uh, really physical defense. And um, those things translate to the SEC. So I don't think the jump for them is going to be as high as maybe it'll be for their rivals up in Norman. Wrapping up, Dan Matthews, sport, now Sports Talk 790. He is the Jeffersons. He's moving on up. Um, you have, I believe, in your family tree, maybe there are a couple or a few degrees from U of H. Uh, what is the feel that they now have? And you can say this about Houston again. They have reached to the lower ranks to bring a coach up, Willie Fritz from Tulane. What's the idea there? What's the feeling? I would say that probably the optimism has never been higher outside of when Tom Herman took his team to Atlanta and beat Florida State in the Peach Bowl. Um, It is at an all-time high, and it's not hard um, because Dana Holgerson really, really, really angered the fan base twofold. Uh, He had said about a year and a half ago, Chuck, um, when asked about, you know, fan just kind of, fans being disgruntled with where the program was he on record said i just signed a new contract extension and my buyout is this so good luck getting rid of me and the fan base was just like oh really okay so you're just looking at this as a money grab and then supposedly the breaking point was renew couture the president of the university went to him about their recruiting standing where at the time they were like 120th And his line to her, Chuck, I'm I'm not kidding, was that ship has sailed. And it was at that moment that Renew Couture, from what I understand, went to Tillman Fertitta and all the money, you know, around uh, U of H and said, this is over. Like, we're, we're, we're not doing this anymore. And, I mean, you know, it just didn't look like it was going anywhere. I mean, you had an offense that was boring as could be. Um, you know, you, you also, you weren't doing anything to improve your recruiting standing. I mean, remember after they lost at TCU this year, Dana tried to sit up at the podium and say, we're in the big 12. Now this takes time. Dana, you've been there five years. Like what have you been doing? Like, you know, you can't say in year five, this takes time to build up. And in case in point, Chuck in, in a month and a half of Willie Fritz being here, he raised the recruiting ranking up to, I believe, 65th and has already brought in tons of transfers, um, was able to salvage a high school recruiting class, and is continuing uh, on that path. And, yep. and he's been successful everywhere he's been. He was successful at Sam Houston State. He won him a national title there. The brief time he was at Georgia Southern, he was successful there. Um, he was successful in the junior college on the ranks. And and then, I mean, Tulane was and also ran, you know, I'm not going to say dead program, but they weren't going anywhere. They took them to the New Year's Six Bowl game and, and almost did the same thing again this year. So there's at least a belief that kind of in line with what I said about Mike Elko, that Willie Fritz is doing the same thing. I mean, he said it at his press conference, the very first thing, we are going to hammer the state of Texas. That is going to happen. We are going to recruit. And, and you know, the, the realities that are college football now, he even mentioned that as well. Name, image, and likeness is a reality. We're going to be involved in that. Uh, the transfer portal is a reality. The same deal there. So, 
I think if nothing else, there is at least for the first time in a long time the feeling that there's a plan on Cullen Boulevard, and uh, that hadn't been there in the last five plus years. And uh, U of H fans look at Dana Holgerson and say, "Good riddance." And, and now you bring in a guy that maybe he's going to struggle in his first year, but I think at least you're going to see a team. Uh, that doesn't embarrass themselves. I mean, there were plenty of games this year that they should have won uh, if the coaching were better, frankly. All right. We're about six months out from SEC Media Days in Dallas, so uh, I will promise you I'll make an exception. I will leave the property of SEC Media Days if you can promise me the best Mexican food in Dallas. Oh, you've got a deal. Right. Absolutely. we. we I've got you covered. And, and, Heath, is, uh, and Heath is paying, so – so even that's good. There, 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 there we go. There we go. So right. I, I will I will have us covered, sir. Dan Matthews, Sports Talk 790. Appreciate your time, friend. Hey, always great to catch up with you, buddy. All right, Dan Matthews, appreciate his time. Um, SEC Media Days, they will cut the ribbon, crack the champagne bottle on a, I don't know, uh, ballroom B or the Magnolia Room. Um, in a Hyatt somewhere, or maybe it's at the Joint and Grapevine. Where I don't know where it's going to be. Maybe they've it's at announced the Omni downtown. The, uh, Heath says it's at the Omni, so it will be in Ballroom B. And here's the truth: I will because I, I almost never leave the property. I just it, it's too much hassle. And there's traffic and uh, whatever. So I'm already there, and I want to get my car. There's just so many. Ah, so I just stay on the property. You promised me the best Mexican food in Dallas. All right, I'll go out one night. Now, here's the truth. Uh, I was saying it would be at a Hyatt or the Hilton or, he says, Omni. So, Omni. Because what does the Omni do? Well, it's a big, giant hotel with Ballroom B. When it was announced that Media Days was kind of up for bid and Atlanta got it. Woo, they love college football there. True. Huge. Going to be huge. Not huge. Not even noticed. Not even planned for to the point that there were folks that I heard tell some people had to wait an hour plus to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich at lunch um, at the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, we didn't know that there would be a crowd. Because in Atlanta, when you say we're bringing something like SEC Media Days, how many people are attending? Oh, like 1,200. They're like, <laughs> okay, very nice. <laughs> we're ready. When you tell people in I, Heath, give me a yes or a no. Twelve hundred is that a media conglomeration at Media Days? Uh, that's only about the credential numbers. But then you've got you got more than that. Obviously, you've got uh, people that are just in, uh, you know, one day affiliated. That I don't think count sure. as cr- credentialed people. So probably more like eighteen hundred by the time you add in every sports information director, pilot, random people like that. Two thousand, let's say, because they bring their state troopers with them. Two thousand, and in Atlanta. Excuse me, with 2,000? I don't know. They have, like, makeup conventions with 50,000 people to show up. Um, they used to have this thing called the Super Show in Atlanta. What was it? Every manufacturer and promoter of athletic equipment, apparel, you name it, they were in Atlanta. It was a big, giant show. 2,000 people does not get on their radar. In Nashville, do you know what happened? Was that at a Hyatt? Yes. Okay, it was at a Hyatt. We disappeared into the Hyatt. Now, you could venture out, and I saw videos of Chris Doring trying to hit a baseball, and he couldn't. I saw Cole Kublik trying to dance. He can't. 
Um, I didn't leave the property, but I know that people did not into any sort of open arms. It was just go out to Nashville and have a blast. And that's tremendous. You get lost in Nashville. Why? Because Nashville's a big giant city and you got about 2000 people there at this Hyatt Dallas. When it was announced going to Dallas, they love football out there. I was like, true. It's going to be just in ballroom B North tower third floor these four days it's just going to be another event for four days in this ballroom because dallas is big giant city um this is an event you got to know the stage the room the whatever and you can want to be huge and it's a great maybe you are now i don't know maybe i'll be wrong i think you're going to kind of disappear into dallas i think in hoover it is the end of the rainbow when the sec media days comes to town and I am not advocating coming back. I'm just telling maybe, like I said, for my purposes, I just wanted to disappear into the Hyatt or the Omni or give me my hotel points and I'll be on the plane back. I just, I'm there and I get my stuff and I'm good. Promise you. I'm having a blast. I'm having a grand time. Um, I have a better time in Hoover (laughs) than Nashville or Atlanta. Why? It's more energy. It's a, it's not a party. It's a circus. And you bring a little juice to media days. Can you imagine Spurrier and I'll say Tuberville and Fulmer and Les Miles and that whole bunch in Atlanta at the, in that setting or Nashville or what Dallas is? No, it kind of needed to be Hoover, didn't it? So it's just an observation and it will run like a top and be a perfectly executed event. We'll all get everything we're there for. Um, and it will be a very efficient sort of clinical event. All right, so we're going to take a break and come back, and we will wrap up our one on this Monday next. of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show yeah there's a calendar i'll I'll, I'll gladly talk about the future uh next week and I hope to have one. How about that? A future? I hope to have one. Yes. Thank you. Michigan coach for another, I don't know, I'll say 24 hours. I think Michigan wins tonight, and so Saturday in Ann Arbor. Isn't that kind of how you do it, Heath? You have the, everybody comes out to the stadium on Saturday, and you have a big thing there. Yeah, generally you do it either Saturday or the week after, depending on your recruiting needs. And when your home basketball schedule yeah. works out. So the next Saturday home basketball game, earlier in the day, you can go to the stadium and wave and they'll have a big thing there. So I think that's how it works out. And Jim Harbaugh, I believe, will be the coach of an NFL team next year. That's what I think. Um, but that was his answer. Just want to have a future. That's all. Hey, how's your Monday? Yeah, a lot of smoke around him in particular in yeah. the Chargers because yeah. uh, they – 
there's some connection there from his time in San Diego. Well, apparently. they got a quarterback. And they've got a quarterback. And for a lot of reasons, there's a lot of talk specifically about yeah. them. The Raiders, the Bears also come up. But, yeah, the Chargers is the one where he keeps it down. Remember this, too, for people who are not NFL fans. Uh, the NFL has changed the way their rules work on when you can contact coaches. So you can't contact anybody on an existing staff until the 22nd. Even if it was somebody on a team that's not in the playoffs, you can't do one-on-one in-person interviews till the 22nd. But somebody who's unemployed or somebody like Jim Harbaugh in college, you can start talking to them right now. So he'll get even more focus in his NFL interest very quickly just because he's the only guy of high profile that a lot of people can talk to right now that are interested in their jobs. So, yeah, he'll be getting lots of attention in the near future. Chuck, one simple thing. You know, you were talking to Dan earlier about the situation in Houston, and obviously it's bad luck for them. One, that they don't have Texas. And then two, you know, figure the odds. The Texans go from 313-1 to being this team that's in the playoffs as division champions. It would have been a really safe bet that you would have dead energy for the NFL in Houston normally this week. But, Chuck, this, this thing needs to move off of Monday. This thing needs to be played on Thursday. Because, I mean, next year this game is in Atlanta. You know that today in Atlanta the story is the firing of the Falcons head coach. It would be overwhelming the game even if it was in Atlanta this year. They need to get out of the business of being right next to the NFL. Thursday night. Play the game on Thursday night. It's before the playoffs. It's after everybody gets done firing their coaches. It's the best chance to have this game get a true desired national level of attention and hype that they're trying to build up for it. And they do have an opportunity to play with the schedule going forward. If you don't know, the national championship game for the very next coming season, January 20th, is the scheduled date next year. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 